1: Hello, nerds, and welcome to the Engadget Podcast. I hope you guys had a lovely holiday. We are back after taking a week off. Uh, I am your host, Terrence O'Brien. Joining me this week, Davinder Hardwar, Hello. Dana Woman Yo. I hope you guys had a, a lovely holiday. Yeah,
2: a lovely holiday Indeed, of yes. buying stuff for ourselves,
1: right?
0: Indeed, yeah. Yeah,
1: well, <laughs> clearly when I say holiday, I mean Black Friday and Cyber Monday, mm-hmm. not Thanksgiving, not that, that other day where you're forced to, like, sit across from your family and talk to them. Who cares about those I love guys? Not my family. <laughs> I, I like my family, too. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, I actually had a, a, a great Thanksgiving. Um, got to do kind of double dose. Got, went and spent some time with my wife's family. Mm-hmm. Then went home and uh, got drunk and played Cards Against Humanity with my family. That works. Because yeah. that's that's basically uh, our holiday tradition. Your family sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> the best is we don't get to do it for Thanksgiving, but for Christmas we make my mother play Cards Against Humanity. Okay. I'm
2: sure she is the filthiest one.
1: So. Um it's just it's really great watching her and her, you know, vaguely conservative Catholic ways have to say really atrocious, <laughs> um, vulgar things.
0: Yeah.
1: Um yeah, I, I, I feel like I can't even say some of the things that have had to no, come No, you can't. You probably can't.
0: It's like my mom on a typical Sunday. Yeah. I, <laughs>
1: yeah. The, the first time I had to hear my mother talk about Pac-Man guzzling semen uh, mm. was one of the highlights of my life, yes. I must That's say. That's when you know you became <laughs> an adult. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you can have that conversation Terrence with your mother. Terrence
1: <laughs> O'Brien. Yeah. Ah, so good. <laughs> um, you guys want to get to it? Sure. Why not? That's uh, a good transition. <laughs> it's the best one I've got, unless you want to continue to talk about Pac Man and see Gobble, C-Men. gobble, gobble. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's, that's the technical term for it, yes. uh, uh, Dana. You know that, right? I'm, I'm being as polite about it as I can. <laughs> she's just shaking her head for those that are okay. listening. Those, she's just closing her eyes, it's shaking a her head. good start. Let's go on to Flame Wars, Uh, same way we start every week. Uh, For those who don't know how this works, we're going to talk about some of the biggest topics of the week. You guys each have 20 seconds to make your opening statements. I will allow a brief rebuttal, and then uh, I will declare a winner. Any questions? No. No? All right. Um, Let's start with something that uh, kind of stuck in my craw a little bit yesterday. Uh, Yelp announced a new feature for their app that allows you to take a... Yelfie, uh, this is a, I'm just going to do this Yeah, just off the bat Okay. no. The story's n- done. No. Yeah. Um, my question to you guys is, uh, Yelfie, is it a terrible word or the worst word? Yeah. Dana, let's start with you.
0: <laughs> it is the worst. I dislike that phrase even more than Pac-Man guzzling semen. <laughs> yes. Um, it's, it's not even a good portmanteau of Yelp. And selfie. So grammatically, they messed up, and it's not even good wordplay.
1: Yeah. Uh, Davindra, <laughs> is this not actually the
2: worst word? It's it's pretty much the worst word. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much the worst. This is. I feel like we've broken the entire flame wars mechanism <laughs> with this story because. Yeah, I don't even. What What's the point of taking a selfie with Yelp? Like, just to is it a new way of like food photography? Like along with like your pretty food shot it's gonna be your face right next to it i don't
1: (laughs) i think that might be the first time i've gotten to buzz you and it felt pretty good um yeah i can't think of any words that are worse than (laughs) yelfie yeah did anybody come up with any in the research like just like a brief google like worst words in the english language
2: you know if they wanted people to talk about this feature we are talking about it that's that's true we lose and they win yeah this yep. is how
0: much I dislike it. <laughs> I would rather read a pun, and the entire Engadget staff knows how I feel about puns, especially puns um, mm-hmm. sneakily published on Engadget. <laughs> um, I would rather read a pun than read the word Yelfie ever again.
1: I think that about settles it. Yeah, uh, Davindra, do you have anything to add? No. Uh, There are no winners on this one. Everybody's a loser, especially the English language.
2: (laughs) Except Yelp. Yelp wins, I guess. I guess. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I guess we can put Yelp down as the winner. Uh, They will get a point on our (laughs) Flame Wars leaderboard. Let's not do that.
0: What about the people who actually take Yelpies?
1: They're the biggest losers of all. What
0: if you are the guy (laughs) in the Yelpie stock photo that's going to be reused over and over again?
1: That guy's life is over.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh,
2: He's probably going to get paid a lot for it, though. I mean, that's true. That's a thing. Um, you but want your, your stock photo to get used a lot.
1: So. I, I definitely would not be telling people Someone that else. I was the Yelfi stock photo guy at <laughs> parties, though. The like, you
0: Yelfi don't wanna, poster boy?
1: Yeah.
2: You don't want to be, like, the poster child of, like, VR or something. Because there are a lot of, there's some tech journalists who are, like, they ended up, their faces are just always gawking with VR headsets. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of so, things you don't want to be the poster child yeah. for. AirPods is another.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, God. The technology world is terrible.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: And on to another terrible thing. Uh,
1: yeah, so let's move on to our next topic. Um,
0: Speaking of things you may or may not want to be photographed wearing.
1: <laughs> yeah, th- things that you don't want to be the poster boy for. Um, Nike, oh, I forget the name of them now. Even. Hyper Adapt. Hyper Adapt. Uh, Nike's yeah. new self-lacing sneakers. These are their uh, quote-unquote consumer version, I guess, uh, yeah, of the, the other mags. Because,
2: the were too high-tech for us to really... <laughs> they were too much for us to handle. Well,
1: the, yeah. the, the mags, which were the direct copy of the ones from Back to the Future 2, uh, uh-huh. I don't even know how much they sold for, but there was only like, there was less than 100 of those made. These are going to be slightly uh, more available, though not at first. Um, the problem <laughs> is that their quote-unquote uh, consumer version of their self-lacing shoe costs $720. Cool. All right. Um,
2: this is the future we want.
1: Yep. So the the question to you guys is, you know, are self-lacing sneakers actually w- worth a premium? Any premium at all, even if it's like a $70 premium, not a $700 one? Mm-hmm. Or is it just an overpriced gimmick for lazy people? Dana, you have the unenviable <laughs> task of defending <laughs> self-lacing shoes.
0: You know what? It's fine. Let the market decide. If people don't want to pay for these sneakers at that price or any premium, then Nike won't make them anymore or will cut the price. But, you know, it's not like Nike was going to use its resources to save the world anyway. So it's, it, Nike was not going to cure cancer. So I can't bring myself to get upset about the price or the concept of these shoes.
1: Fair enough. Devendra. It's the dumbest thing
2: in the world. <laughs> I, can, I can tie my own shoes.
1: <laughs> Done. <laughs> My end <drug>. of argument. <laughs> I I've got to say, Dana, that is pretty convincing. Like it's I, not
0: like a drug company where yeah. you're like, are they using their resources to cure cancer or mm-hmm. give monkeys erections? Nike <laughs> <laughs> <Well,
2: laughs> does have uh, Nike does have like uh, phila- a philanthropic arm, but they could Nike be doing was going to
0: use its R and D to yeah. sell you shoes yeah. or sell you shoes.
2: This is true. Yep. This yeah. This is true. I just wish. I wish the innovate like I I actually like shoe innovation. The uh, Converse All Star Twos, which I'm wearing right now, also Nike Division. Yep, that's that's good technology. I can walk around these all day They're and dope. I feel great. Yep, um, this is the dumbest thing. And yeah, no, I don't even care about the price because I'm sure people will pay it. But yeah, it's just dumb. Like self lacing isn't a thing we need.
0: And people drive themselves crazy mm-hmm. and pay so much money for shoes, low tech shoes. Yeah, anyway, yeah.
2: it's just for the style. And I mean,
0: you know, when the Yeezys, let's say, are pretty. But I don't really get all of the effort that people put into.
2: I don't. I mean, right by our office, there are so many shoe stores. You walk by certain times of the day, you'll see people lined up around the block. Oh yeah, just I for shoes.
0: Edgar know, on so. staff, our yep. senior editor Edgar Alvarez is a big yep. shoe guy. So is Richard Lawler.
1: Yeah, we've got a couple of sneakerheads on and
0: staff. And we should have one of them on one time, just to like. Just why? to try
1: and explain. Pick it you your brain.
0: Ask why. Well, why? I mean. <laughs> it,
1: uh, I don't know. I should ask them, but was huh. there like a Yeezy release last week? Because I walked, mm-hmm. I was actually over in the neighborhood by the office uh, last Friday, and I walked past a sneaker store. It was, I don't know, I want to say 11.30 p.m. on a Friday night, okay. and people were lined up down the block, clearly settling in for the night, getting ready for the store to open on Saturday uh, morning. Uh, yeah. And it was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I mean,
2: maybe it was a Black Friday related sale. Maybe. Something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But why would, you, why would you do that on a Saturday? I don't know.
2: I ask a lot of questions about the sneaker people. Like, I actually like shoe footwear in general. It's just yeah. the specific sneaker style and the fetish, fetishization of this type of sneaker is really strange. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, too. I admittedly don't get the fetishization of a lot of things. I'm, like, I'm a guy who cares about clothes and yeah. cares about yeah. like that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I'd
2: rather spend that money on like a good pair of leather shoes or something. Yeah. Like something nice. Yeah.
1: Like I, I love my Allen Edmonds. I will, I will, I will, there you go. Love those till day I die, but I'm never going to like line up outside of a store and stay overnight Depends waiting on to get the a
2: price, pay. I guess. Like, uh,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. If it <laughs> was, if it was like the, they had like the Daltons, which are the really nice like dress boots on sale now we're for going like a hundred bucks. going to deep bucks. Cuts. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying yeah. there's some really, really nice shoes. <laughs> Um, I think we've talked enough about (laughs) sneakers, and I'm sorry Dana DeVinger wins.
0: (laughs) Hey. (laughs) My argument was the best. There is
1: open bias. (laughs) I mean, look. You
0: are the worst.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll say this. uh, You you make a valid point um, that Nike's going to sell you sneakers. That's just what they do. Mm -hmm. um, And -hmm. eventually the market will decide. But at the same time, I literally don't understand the purpose of self-lacing shoes. Other like than, I just
2: like yeah, I just, we saw it in Back to the Future too. And that looked
0: cool. I don't I understand yeah. the purpose of your face.
1: <laughs> I don't either. So we're we're in the same boat uh, there. You win okay. for that one. You get a point for that. Because <laughs> DeVinger's not gonna convince me otherwise. <laughs> um
0: been treated very unfairly. <laughs> Sad.
1: <laughs> uh let's move on to our last story uh to debate, and that is Netflix and their decision... De- 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 stumbling mm-hmm. over my words. Um because I did not sleep enough or have enough coffee. (laughs) Um, Netflix decided to launch their offline viewing feature kind of... uh, Randomly? Yeah, randomly, just yesterday morning. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess technically it'll be two days ago by the time this goes up. We record Thursday morning for those that don't know. Um, And this goes up Friday morning. Um, So yeah, they just kind of like randomly announced it Thursday morning and now you can... Or Wednesday morning, now you can download episodes of TV shows and movies to your phone or tablet to watch from Netflix. Um... So a question, and Davindra, I'm going to let you take the pro here, because you basically wrote this piece already Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday. Um, So is this something that Netflix needed to do Uh, Or is this just one more, like, distraction that's going to keep people glued to their phones unnecessarily?
2: Well, yeah, I won't deny that it's another major distraction. But, yeah, they needed to do this. Users have been demanding it for a while. There are tons of people who commute and who don't always have access to Internet. Uh, International expansion is going to be a big one. And, yeah, Netflix needs to compete with Amazon. So, yeah, they need it for all those reasons. And I wrote about that. (laughs) Go read that.
1: Should. uh, And we will put a a link to that in the description. Um, Dana, your (laughs) rebuttal?
0: I don't actually disagree with anything Davindra <laughs> said, but, I mean, as a Netflix user myself, um, it didn't occur to me that I needed offline viewing, and I think the one time mm-hmm. I would would be on an airplane when, yeah, it would suck to put my show on hold, but yeah. um, at least I can stream from whatever airline's catalog. It won't be as big as Netflix's, but it will be enough for what, however many hours I'm on the plane. mm
1: mm-hmm. um. So that was the one use case where it kind of, like, stood out to me. It's like, okay, I can download a movie and watch it on the plane. That's pretty nice um, because I'm not paying to watch movies on a plane. If you're, You should be yeah. entertaining me for free if this I'm This is true. Paying. Although
2: more and more pl- uh, airlines are having good in-flight service, too. So Yeah. Like, I think Delta or JetBlue, one of them, like, made all their content
0: free and you so. know if you had to put stupid gilmore girls on <laughs> hold for a couple hours while you were uh-huh. en route it wouldn't be the end of the world wouldn't it though
1: uh we were we were we were having a yeah. very uh, rigorous gilmore girls discussion but i know i've never i've never yeah.
0: actually seen an episode so i'm really I just saying you really
1: like it dana you are a lucky lucky person
2: <laughs> uh gilmore girls is the best Terrence is wrong. Um, but, yeah, the, the thing is, like, Netflix, I guess, completely changed our world in terms of how we anticipated content. Like, we mm-hmm. just need it now. We need it immediately. And we're going to, you know, what, uh, over 30% of uh, America's primetime internet usage is Netflix, and probably even more by this point because that stat's a year old. So Netflix has taken over our lives, and now they'll just fill in every, every other gap. Any bit of free time, you could be Netflixing.
1: I mean, I guess I he, yeah, here's my thing is, I think you're right. they had to do this um you're gonna get the point, sorry, Dana <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's hard not to be like uh a little bit disturbed by it, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. taking the train to work, just so many people like sitting there like watching TV shows on the train or playing games on the train or on the boat boat too. And it's just like, God, can you like do something more valuable with your time? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. Read something.
2: Read something.
1: There's newspapers.
2: Reading is overrated, Terrence. And also, <laughs> people could be reading things on their phones. I
1: don't. I mean, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. And I mean, I do see people reading yeah. on their phones, and I, I give them all the credit in the world for doing mm-hmm. that. But most of the time, it's like really mindless games yeah. and like. I don't
0: really care what people do (laughs) on their phones. And I mean, so actually, like, outside of this intellectual exercise, I agree with Devendra. I think Mm -hmm. they needed to catch up to Amazon. And also, if Netflix is going to keep hiking its subscriber fees, it's going to have to, I think, back it up with useful features. And this is one that's useful. And Mm -hmm. apparently other, uh, maybe not me personally, but other people were demanding. So Mm -hmm. that's good.
2: It's just in two years, Netflix turned around from being like, no, we'll never do offline content. I don't really um,
0: understand why they said no.
2: I think the licensing deals. Like, Netflix... That's probably part of it. Yeah, they don't... Like, they make a lot of money, but they spend most of their money on licensing deals. But now that, you know, fast forward two years, they have more original content, they have stuff that they've actually built or made themselves, they don't have to deal with licensing fees. So they can just put that out there. I was surprised that there was a lot of other content too. Like, there are a lot of movies, and uh, like all the DC TV shows are available offline. Does
0: offline apply to everything or just a smaller subset? Just small
2: things, right? now okay. but it is a bunch of things that you'll want to binge like a lot of the dc shows so the flash uh, arrow and things like that
0: i think that's yeah. fair and
1: yeah. all of their original content orig- and all the original content Obviously. for
2: sure and even some movies like moonrise kingdom was there and you know yeah your phone or your tablet is not the best way to watch that beautiful movie but yeah it's nice I mean, if you just want to take it somewhere
1: your phone is definitely not the best way to watch <laughs> that um
2: until your phone pop in, pops into a vr headset
1: yeah and you know just one last thing before we move on <laughs> If you have issues with your phone battery now, just wait until oh, you yeah. start watching Netflix on it all the time. Oh, yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be the worst. Yeah. Just the worst. Um, but Netflix and their offline uh, viewing is the perfect transition to the worst. <laughs> uh, a segment where we occasionally uh, rant about the things that are driving us nuts during the course of the week. Um, so this is not going to be a conversation for those who have never seen this before. This is literally <laughs> just going to be several minutes of us complaining. Um, That's which fun. We,
2: that sounds like fun listening.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, we're all very good at complaining. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you,
2: uh-huh. Experts. We're New Yorkers. Um,
1: yeah. So yesterday, while Devendra was working on mm-hmm. uh, this follow-up piece about Netflix and offline viewing, um, I discovered that Amazon has offline <laughs> viewing I did not know this was Which a Which mainly involved
2: me saying, hey, Amazon has been doing this for years. And Terrence was like, what?
1: Yeah, basically. And I was not alone on staff. <laughs> I was one of many editors who was unaware yeah. that Amazon Prime Video has an offline viewing option. Uh, this many is pri-
2: consumers are unaware.
1: Yeah. Well, think, this is yeah. primarily because they do a terrible job at marketing it. Yeah.
0: And we're also basic.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that too. But I think that part of yeah. the big issue here is not only has Amazon done a terrible job of advertising this feature, Um, and really promoting the usefulness of Amazon Prime and their Mm -hmm. video features. But Amazon's insistence on trying to create like an ecosystem and thinking that they're fucking Apple
2: on Android is out of
1: like it's an insane, insane (laughs) thing. So if you want to take advantage of Amazon Prime videos, offline viewing capabilities, you first have to go and go get the Amazon app from the Google Play Store. That's probably going to be your point of entry because nobody's going directly to the Amazon site first. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is if you go to try and watch a video in the Amazon app from the Google Play Store, it tells you instead that you have to go to the Amazon website. So step two. Step two to go download their other Amazon app that isn't in the Play Store.
2: It's an app. It's a app store. Yeah. So it's
1: Amazon Underground. Okay. Uh, which is not just an app store, but a, basically a replacement for Amazon Shopping as well. Right, it's all the right. same features, except it's called Amazon Underground. <laughs> and then you go to this web page, and it tells you to install it, which means you then have to go into your settings and tick off the thing that tells you, uh, that prevents you from installing software from mm-hmm. unknown sources. So then you download that app, you install it, you mm-hmm. open it, you go to play an Amazon Prime video, and then it tells you you have to go download the Amazon Prime video app, <laughs> which is also not in the Google Play Store, and yeah. is instead like a separate thing
2: you it's, can only get the prime video app in amazon underground
1: which you have yeah which mm. you wouldn't know exists unless you like yeah, it's usability it's not a there, huge not yeah. nightmare and mm-hmm. i mean maybe i'm wrong mm-hmm. maybe there is something preventing them from putting the amazon prime video app in the google play store I don't think but so. i'm pretty sure there's not yeah. because there's a million other video streaming apps that you have to pay for or mm-hmm. buy things through so i'm pretty sure it's not like a a purchasing issue. It's not like a financial thing that Google's like, no, you can't do that. And also because of this, you can't have Chromecast (laughs) accessibility in the Prime (laughs) thing. So unless you have an Amazon Fire TV, which who is, like, why? Why do you need that at this point? You can't, like, you can't watch it on your TV. So dumb.
0: Why do you need it as the managing editor of a site that has recommended these products?
1: (laughs) I would recommend a Chromecast over a Fire TV. I think the Fire TV is a mediocre product at best. It doesn't offer very many advantages over a Roku or a Chromecast. Yeah, and but you know it,
2: what you can do with Fire TV? Amazon.
1: Yeah, but I don't care enough. It's, yeah. I was so annoyed by this <laughs> yesterday that I seriously considered cancelling my Prime subscription. Wow, that's a, little, that's a little
2: hardcore. It's more like these companies, it's these big tech companies, and they're all like having their little inner wars with each other, so at least a bad usability, right? Yeah. On, on, on iOS... You can download the Amazon Prime Video app and just download video. So that's pretty straightforward. But if you wanna like if you wanna like get a Kindle book or a Comixology book or something on iOS, you have to like you can't do it from within their apps. Their apps are only viewers, so you have to go like to the web or to another web browser somewhere and do your purchase there yeah. and then go back into the app because
0: Right. That's how I've gotten you know. all my Kindle books yeah. on too.
2: Because Amazon doesn't wanna deal with Apple's like uh, payment mechanism yeah. and everything.
1: But that's not a barrier on Android I don't believe right that's not it's not
2: a barrier but they created their own barrier on Android when they didn't need to I don't know why they did that so basically Amazon stinks at usability um, hopefully the thing that's really cool about Netflix is offline is that it's so easy it's, just, it's there you hit a button yep. and it's in your queue and done yeah. that's it and maybe Amazon will wise up and uh, fix their stuff now because of that
1: yeah so too long didn't read Amazon is the worst <laughs> uh, it's a shame they have a lot of good shows so yeah, yeah well. Dana, what's what's bothering you this week?
0: I've had a good week. I, <laughs> you know, um, having a good week at work, I'm on top of my to-do list. I got a lot of good Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals. Um, I've been getting a lot of sleep. So I'm in a good mood. The one thing I'll, I'll say is that I'm testing a bunch of laptops. Uh, people may have read my recent MacBook Pro and Surface Book reviews. And now I'm on to the HP Spectre X360, the the updated one, which I have right in front of me, and the, um, not pictured here, the Lenovo 910. Um, Similar machines. They're both about the same size. They're they're both convertibles. Um, They're okay. I mean, so (laughs) (laughs) the thing about this that that gets on my nerves, and and Lenovo to another extent, too, is all of these bad Windows touchpads, or at least... um, All of the ones that don't use Microsoft's touchpad. What just gets me is that they're so bad, most of them. There's one really clear superior option, which is Microsoft's precision touchpads, and no one else is using them. And so they just keep going back, in this case, to Synaptics, which has had so many years to prove itself to consumers that it can make a decent touchpad. And it can't. Um, this one has been just driving me nuts. The cursor either doesn't go where I want it to or it does things I don't want it to. Mm-hmm. And it has sort of dampened my experience with this otherwise pretty good machine. I mean, it's very lightweight. It's fast. Um,
2: it's very pretty. Yeah. It's
0: pretty. It boots up quickly. Windows Hello is awesome. Um, the keyboard is mostly good. Although, HP, because of we're moving toward more compact machines, all these companies have to um, retool their keyboards. So in this case both the control and the function keys are kind of tiny, which means I, I periodically mess up my um, keyboard shortcuts, which I use a lot of. And also the down arrow is especially tiny.
1: That is minuscule. Yeah. By so the way, I had to lean over and look, and that's I'm like really a touchpad horrendous. kind of
0: person. I mean a keyboard kind of person. Yeah. I, I use, I highlight text a lot using arrows instead of the touchpad. Because the
1: touchpad is garbage.
0: <laughs> because the touchpad is garbage. So at least give me... Um, um, control function and arrow keys that mm-hmm. are easy for me to find by feel. Yeah.
1: So who else is using the Microsoft touchpad though? Who? It's who, just who are, Microsoft. It's it. Yeah. Are they licensing? I think
0: I've, I think mm-hmm. they've licensed it to other computer um, makers mm-hmm. before. I could have sworn Dell has used it before, but I could maybe, be wrong. Maybe
2: actually, maybe that would be nice. But yeah, the problem what this proves is that if you want a good touchpad, you have to make it yourself. Like that's what Apple's secret I mean, has always been. And I,
0: yeah, yeah, I don't want people listening to think oh that I only like. Apple touchpads. Mm-hmm. Actually, I really like the Surface Books, and I think Microsoft does a good job. I just wish more people would use their more companies would use their yeah. solution. Yeah, or Synaptics
2: okay. would be better. Like I've met with them just to talk about what they're doing, and I asked them like Why? Why is Apple better than you? Like I straight up asked them, <laughs> and they're like, "Well, they have all these integrated components, and they can like deal with lag time and yada yada yada. They can come." That's a space. Like I mean, something. we've been talking
0: yeah. today about Amazon and Netflix sort of pushing each other forward. Touchpads is a space where I think, especially for Windows laptops, mm-hmm. where we need more competition. Yeah. Synaptics is just um, the big name there. I don't think they're doing good work. Um, I think they are dragging down otherwise good products. Um, we need more mm-hmm. there.
1: So what you're saying is the market isn't working in this case because we do have competition. You've just said that both Apple and Microsoft make vastly superior well, products. Microsoft's well, been doing
0: it. I don't expect for people long. to switch yeah. to Apple just because. Well, no, but of you would, touch you, pads. Would,
1: you would think that. The quality of the touchpad mm-hmm. on the MacBook would drive it Windows did. machine makers it to did. make better touchpads. It
2: drove Synaptics to be better and do bigger touchpads and glass panels and everything, but it they don't feel better. Like, it's on the Surface better, but they don't work as well as the Mac or the Microsoft touchpads, yeah. Yeah.
1: So Very what you're annoying. saying is Synaptics is the worst. <laughs>
2: Um, We're going to get a lot of letters from synaptics.
1: Yeah, yeah I, everybody is going to find their sel- themselves on this list at some point, just yeah. just to be clear. <laughs>
0: but, you know, who's other than synaptics themselves, who's going to disagree with me on that? Yeah. I bet synaptics has made a lot of enemies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Most likely.
2: I also, yeah, I also wonder if people even notice. Like, we complain about this stuff, but I'm like, when I reviewed the Zenbook 3, also terrible touchpad, I think also synaptics. Um, but... Doesn't work, and then other people will buy it like regular consumers. They'll be like, "It's fine.
1: Like they're they're okay dealing with."
0: But they would say that they're like, "Yeah,
1: if they if they haven't if they haven't experienced anything better." But if
0: you've spent the money, you are inclined to say this is fine.
1: This is true. Yeah, I I, I'll I'll add one more thing before we move Mm -hmm. on, real quick, which is that um, Windows machines have had such a historically bad. Uh, problem with touchpads that they are almost single-handed. One of the major reasons I continue to buy ThinkPads oh, because yeah, I want good. the little red nub.
2: Well, the nub, and also IBM uh, Lenovo. I keep saying IBM, but even back then they had like this great metal, like almost like a metal material on the touchpad, mm-hmm. and that was always smooth and nice. Yeah, so, and that's still good.
1: Yeah, but that that mm-hmm. red nub that was like that was what saved me from having to use okay shitty touchpads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Devendra mm-hmm. um I what what's kind of bothering you this week uh
2: I mean I spent a big chunk of this week testing and thinking about DirecTV now which is their new TV streaming service uh AT&T's new streaming service because they bought DirecTV um it's it's okay it's actually not terrible it's just like I don't I don't care that much about it it's not that new or original yeah. um The big thing AT&T was pushing with this thing was like, oh man, we got all these partnership deals, all these network deals to get the channels on the service, but actually using it, the quality is fine, it's it's just okay, there's nothing special about it, and I think they're just going to try to push this thing forward through sheer force of marketing uh, muscle alone, which is kind of annoying. What does it cost? Uh, right now, it's starting at $35 for around 60-plus channels, I think. But there's a special deal. So for that price, you can lock in 100 channels, and supposedly you'll be grandfathered into that price moving forward. But that, that plan normally costs 60 And so
0: when a carrier promises grandfathering, we, yeah. believe, we always when believe AT&T them, right?
2: AT&T promises <laughs> grandfathering, yeah. I don't know about that.
1: Yeah, sure. That's going to last.
2: Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was like the big price that uh, at t executives were touting last month at a, at a conference. And to hear that it's just promotional sounds just yeah it's kind of disheartening and kind of sad
1: so the service itself isn't the worst AT&T and DirecTV are the worst because of the way it's structured yeah
2: and I I guess what's also funny is I've seen commenters saying oh man Verizon owns us so we have to rail against AT&T I I also don't care about that because we haven't talked much about Verizon's products
1: um, well, but they don't have a competitor. They don't have product. a competitor.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, what's really funny is AT&T <laughs> is like, yeah, be, this will is an exciting TV service, guys, because you won't need contracts and you also won't need credit checks, like all the things preventing them from getting new subscribers. So this is an easy way for DirecTV slash AT&T to get more new TV subscribers. Um, but that's really just it. And it's fine, but I kind of like Sling TV more. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you
0: didn't sound nearly as frustrated as we did about it's our it's not respective. super frustrated. I
2: just we need to, we, honestly we just need a place to mention the story, um, but yeah, so, it's it's okay.
1: So yours is less yeah. the worst and more the meh.
2: The meh. Well, the meh that I've spent <laughs> hours and hours of my life at. I don't I don't like going to big launch events for things that are just dumb and boring, <laughs> and then having to deal with like loud. You know, a loud DJ set and everything while I'm trying I was to get say. Story I saw written. that
1: they had a DJ there; like they really went all out, right? Yeah.
0: It was also yeah, an did. evening launch event. I Which think companies is, should yeah. know that.
1: Um, that's the that's the worst. <laughs> that's the
0: worst. That's don't the worst. have
1: evening launch events. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. That ruins people's days. <laughs> that's us working. Yeah. Like we have families and video games to go home to. We don't want to <laughs> so come and write about games. your goddamn phone.
2: Yeah. Slash. IPTV service. Yeah, like
1: <laughs> I was just picking a random. Yeah. Like I've done late night events for phones and stuff. Um you know, uh, yeah,
0: if you if you read a less than glowing write up from us <laughs> at 9 p.m. at night, it, it might be that it's a bad product, it might also be that yeah. we're a bit hangry.
2: Yeah. A bit hangry, bit tired. Yeah. Yeah. God, what
1: what is wrong with you? What to be better. Yeah. Um <laughs> any other last thoughts any any other complaints to lodge this week before we move on? I'm good. You good? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Alright, um, so let's move on and, and, and talk about our, our next subject in group chat. Uh, this is where we kind of dissect like the biggest story of the week, the one that's not just a gadget, but something that's really impacting our lives uh, in often unfortunate ways. Um, and so, again, we're recording this on a Thursday morning. It is December 1st. And officially today, um, changes go into effect to Rule 41 um, which is governing – it's a rule governing uh, how warrants and searches and seizures are executed. Um, it's 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 a complicated, complicated issue, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to do our best to kind of try and break it down in an easy-to-digest way and what these changes mean. So under the way the rules functioned previously, basically um, – You had to go to a judge in the district where uh, the crime was committed or whatever Mm -hmm. and to get the warrants and stuff. Um, The problem is that in our modern technologically uh, connected world, the perpetrators of crimes, the victims of crimes, aren't necessarily in the same place. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes electronic crimes hacks and stuff like that uh, bounce around between multiple jurisdictions because of things like where servers are hosted, where the other, where the criminal is uh, placed, and where they might have multiple victims, sometimes hundreds of victims who are scattered all over the country. And so this kind of poses problems for collecting evidence. Um, and so they these changes are going to affect an attempt to kind of address those. Does one of you guys kind of want to break down what the changes are? or do you want me to kind of keep going? I think I think you should keep
2: okay. going Curtis. <laughs> I have like I have a sense of this news but uh I have unfortunately been buried with a I lot mean, of I mean essentially
0: yeah. no warrant required for the FBI to yes. hack into a person's computer. Uh
1: that's partially mm-hmm. true. I think that's um probably a little bit of an oversimplification. So they are what it basically does is it r- lowers the barrier for entry for a lot of warrants. It, In most ways, basically, it says that um, a judge, A, a judge can issue a warrant for search and seizure of data and stuff regardless of jurisdiction. Okay. Um, It has to meet a certain number of requirements. I have to double-check exactly what those are. I think it's, like, one of them is if it impacts, like, five different uh, districts, then you can do it no matter where it is. Um, And then there's rules about uh, whether or not the computer's been using... um, privacy protection tools to mask their identity mm-hmm. or if there is evidence that the machine in question has been compromised otherwise um, again
0: and then we're left with a pretty wide net still yeah
1: mm-hmm. so that's it's 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 less an issue of not have not needing a warrant but it's an issue of the barrier for entry for those warrants being greatly uh-huh. greatly lower they that bars either,
2: they could be like Stamped at this point, yeah. Like just stamp them out to get there,
1: yeah. Um, so I mean, I, I guess mm-hmm. let's start with the most basic part, which sure. is it's pretty clear that the existing rules don't work, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we live in a world where cyber crimes, and I hate the word cyber so much, but whatever. <laughs> th- as long well, as you're not saying the cyber, yeah. Um, it's the unfortunately the agreed upon way of describing these things at this point, uh, you know, it, it these. These things are increasing. Um, We have seen so many hacks this year of tons of different people, of tons of different businesses. Uh, We even found, you know, we had that, the revelation of the massive Yahoo hack that happened two years ago. Um, Basically, like, these things are becoming increasingly difficult to prosecute because Mm -hmm. our law system is structured so that, you know, they're focused on localities as opposed to a much larger national scale. Um, I think the problem is, do these, do these rules changes address those problems? One. Right.
2: Uh, I mean, it seems like what they're just relaxing the rules so that it's easier for, you know, law law enforcement to do what they need to do. Um, But mostly it shows like we have, there's a need for, I don't know some sort of like cyber law or something like some sort of like division where we're actually thinking more about uh, crimes and what they mean in like a in a world where there is no physical locations. You know.
1: Well, I guess mm-hmm. that's that brings up an interesting mm-hmm. uh, one of the interesting points of this, which is the changes to the rules are not a law per mm-hmm. se. Um, you know, this this is not a change that came up about because Congress presented a bill and voted on it. Um, this was basically like a court said, sure, you can have this right. uh, expanded power. The precedent changed, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the Department of Justice was like yeah, yeah. super excited. They were like, <laughs> yeah, hacking. Um, and Congress failed to
0: act. Okay.
1: Uh, Dana, you, did you see this news yesterday, that the last-ditch effort to kind of block it?
0: I did. It was an effort on the part of um, a bipartisan group of senators. There were a couple of Democrats in there, I think at least one Republican. And um, it didn't even seem that they were arguing with the potential benefits of this law. I don't think anyone is arguing with the necessity to locate the center of a botnet botnet mm-hmm. attack, mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, but they're worried about things like abuses, uh, potentials for abuse, um, and um, seem to be looking for um, more safeguards mm-hmm. against that. Um, it, so it, it's hard to argue with... That and it's, it's also hard to argue, at least with the intention, the stated intentions of yeah. the law, even if the law itself seems to cast a wide or maybe even too wide of a net.
2: Yeah. I mean, it shows the need for just more technically oriented politicians in general, like people who who can kind of foresee the potential issues rather than the people who are just like, oh, yeah, we need this fixed, so let's fix it by doing this thing, you know, hammering away at the problem instead of like finessing it.
1: I mean, that's been, mm-hmm. uh, I think, an issue we've discussed several yeah. times, yeah. Um, and I don't think is much of a secret to most of the American population, which is that our politicians are not the most tech-savvy people. Um, but do you find that, in particular, it seems like the law enforcement arm of the government seems particularly, uh, like, uh, not up on these things and not as in touch with the <laughs> the changing technological scene as yeah. other people? Yeah.
0: Law okay, enfor- on. By law enforcement, you mean um, let's say the Department of Justice yes is it yeah. that they're not up on it or that it's not in their interest to take mm-hmm. a more transparent um, cautious approach on this mm-hmm.
1: I mean that's I, I think that's partially true. I think you know when you're talking law enforcement, they want the powers they want, yeah. um, and so there is a certain amount of you know, it's in their interest for whether it's the FBI or the Department of Justice to, to expand these powers. But there seems to be uh, an inordinate level of tone deafness uh-huh. uh, when it comes to these things. Um, and I think this is one of these issues, I think that's part of a, one of the things that the, uh, the senators brought up, which is that, you know, there aren't enough safeguards, and that seems to be sort of the stumbling block for me, at least, which when I see the DOJ and the FBI stuff talking about this... They seem to have this idea that it, these things can't be abused. We're the good guys. yeah. Um, and, I mean, maybe that's a facetious thing. Maybe I'm giving them uh, more credit than they're due. And they're like, no, we know exactly what we're doing. We just don't <laughs> care. Um,
2: yeah. I mean, look at what, what we know the NSA did, what we know a yeah. lot of other government agencies did and would do if if they had more powers like it also seems like there's i'm sure there's like a generational gap in those institutions too where maybe the older folks who have been doing this for a while even if they're technically savvy have a very different view of Mm -hmm. how things should work versus you know the younger agents or something
1: um so let's talk about the two big changes that are really kind of uh, raises some hackles amongst mm-hmm. uh, privacy advocates and stuff, um, especially the, the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's two, there's a couple of different changes that are happening in Rule 41, but the two big ones are uh, this. So one would grant the... I'm going to just read straight from the EFFs thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, take issue with that if you want, uh, <laughs> because they, they clearly have their bias, yeah. but... Um, it's it's one of the cleaner descriptions of the rule changes I found. Uh, so, basically, the first part is that it grants the authority to practically any judge to issue a search warrant remotely to remotely see, remotely access, seize, or copy data relevant to a crime when a computer is using privacy protective tools to safeguard its location. So, the the like short version of this is: Are you on a VPN? Do you use Tor? Are you changing the country? Uh, Location for your Twitter profile in order to read tweets from someplace else, um, you are then potentially able to be targeted hmm. by these search warrants based purely on that. Okay. Um, and then the other one is it grants the authorization, it would grant authorization to a judge to issue a search warrant for hacking, seizing, or otherwise infiltrating computers that may be part of a botnet.
0: In other words, if you're the victim of botnet, you might still be hacked.
1: Exactly. So the concept here being that um, if they decide that your machine is part of a botnet, part of the way to discovering the source of said botnet might be through accessing your computer as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a whole lot of I mean, let's start with just that before yeah. we even get to the bigger picture problems. Because that's
2: millions and millions of people.
1: That's not just yeah. millions and millions of people, but that's granting mm-hmm. access to people who are already a victim of yeah. a crime yeah, and granting search and seizure access to them, mm-hmm. uh, which, which just strikes me as insanely problematic, mm-hmm. like on a really basic level. I mean, Dana, if I ran a botnet and infected your machine and then the government decided that because you were the victim of it, they were going to break into your machine and discovered other incriminating evidence of something unrelated. That's clearly problematic, right? Oh, absolutely. I, there are safeguards mm-hmm. for that, I, I believe, but I think we've seen in the past that the, that's the sort of power that routine, routinely ends up being abused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. so yeah and then the other issue with this and this is one that I actually hadn't even thought of until I was doing some more research this morning uh, which is basically that you know a lot of these hackers and a lot of these criminal groups uh, and whether they're state sponsored or otherwise um, aren't dumb yeah um mm-hmm. They're very crafty. They create very complex and sophisticated pieces of malware that can do all sorts of terrible things to your machine. What is stopping somebody from creating a botnet that more or less does just enough to get the attention of the federal government Mm -hmm. and then sits quietly and waits for the FBI to access a computer that is part of this botnet and then basically use that as a stepping stone to the broader government network. You just
2: described a Mr. Robot plotline, probably, I'm,
1: so, yeah. Potentially, but that sounds it's, like... I mean, that is mm-hmm. 100% technically feasible, right? Totally. totally uh, if feasible. I'm If I'm wrong yeah. out there, if we have uh, some cybersecurity experts mm-hmm. out there, uh, please correct me. Um, but from, yeah. from what little research I did have the ability to do today, that seems perfectly feasible.
2: And even more, like, conspiratorial, I guess. Like, there would there is the possibility for like a, a government agent too, who's like, I really, I really like want to see the computers of this particular person. They could easily create their own sort of hacking tool as well. That would make it appear that they had a botnet on their machine. And that could get, that could get them legitimate reasons to get in there too. So like there, there are all sorts of ways this could be worked around that wouldn't necessarily be legal, but that also hasn't stopped. um, Yeah. Some government arms.
0: And I think it's important we're talking about all this and that uh, we plan to write more about it on the site, especially because I think as important as this is, um, it's not going to get much airtime publicly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there are so many other things um, that probably seem more pressing to people.
1: Like tweets about Hamilton audiences being mean.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean um, (laughs) – We're transitioning to a new administration. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so many other things I think people will be reading about and talking about. And yeah. it's a real shame that this is not getting more um, public exposure now. And yeah. it wasn't during the mm-hmm. campaign. The one person who I think really had articulate, expansive views on this sort of thing was um, Rand Paul. But he mm-hmm. obviously exited the race um, <laughs> pretty early on. Um yeah. So it, I, I think it's just a shame in general that there isn't more of a discussion right now about this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but that is why, in case you're wondering, why we should be discussing it on the podcast yeah. and on Engadget.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, this is, mm-hmm. this is how technology impacts us. That's this is, how this it is works. super important works. And if we don't talk stuff. about it, who else is yeah. going to be talking no. about
0: I've it I've seen right people,
2: now. like, I, I think some readers were annoyed that we were talking about Trump in the angle of net neutrality. But that is that's our bread and butter. And also... Everyone is talking about his stupid tweets and like all the other stuff Like, yeah. there there are other things we should focus on, like I'm really worried like what a Trump administration would do with expanded hacking powers like this, yeah, like at some point like if if somebody like uh made a bot that infected like a bunch of uh widespread amount of Twitter users uh, like uh yeah, who knows what he could do against people who said bad things about him yeah honestly. and 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 to be yeah.
1: clear we're not worried because of Trump. Yeah. This is a troubling thing in general. Yes. Uh, every president has basically made it their goal to expand executive power. Mm-hmm. Um, when your guy is in charge, you feel okay about that because Congress might be standing in their way. But the end, the end result is that eventually your guy's not in power and you're yeah. really going to regret those exa- expanded executive powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know we're seeing a lot of people on the left who have kind of been a little bit quiet about some of the things that Obama has done, suddenly going like, oh shit, right, Mm -hmm. we don't get to be president forever. Um, So yeah, and I mean, and this is one of these things, it's this, people were so upset, uh, especially on the right and on the far left, uh, about the NSA spying stuff, about the bulk metadata collection things, but I think a lot of people center left and, you know, Myself included, we're kinda like, it's bad, but like it's not that bad, right? Mm-hmm. And then news kept coming out, we're like, oh no, this this is actually really, really bad. Like this is real bad. And none of that has changed. Mm-hmm. And now we're all shitting ourselves basically. <laughs> um yes. to to be real blunt about it. Like uh Yeah, I mean this is this is troubling for mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of lot of reasons. Um I don't know. Any anything else to add there? <laughs>
0: Um, I think, um, just to our point about, um, discussion and discourse and readers, um, let's keep the discussion going. So if yeah. you disagree mm-hmm. with what we've said today about, um, rule 41 and its possible implications, you should email us. Yeah. Um, we actually, one of the best emails we got recently was from a guy named Jeremy about two weeks ago. and Yes,
1: I, I wrote, wanted to call him out on the show.
0: Yeah, um, his name's Jeremy and he wrote us, um, really, um, Articulate, constructive, polite email um, disagreeing with us about net neutrality, and it was one of my favorite emails I've gotten recently, yeah mm-hmm. so more of that, please. Mm-hmm. if you disagree with us, um, keep the conversation going
1: yeah, and as long as you're civil that's that's the key thing is <laughs> yes we understand that we have our our biases, we're pretty upfront about that, you know I've never made any bones about my political opinions. I don't think anybody else here has mm-hmm. um, and we try to be fair about it. But that doesn't mean we're going to say things we disagree with for the sake of argument necessarily. But it means we're going to be transparent about our views. But if you disagree, we are one hundred percent happy to engage you. Um, I, I I'd like to actually start reading letters from readers and stuff out there uh, on the air. Like yeah. I'd like to get some constructive criticism, some feedback. If you if you have thoughts about Rule Forty One, please send them in. Email us. It's podcast at Engadget, not podcasts. Podcast. Oops, bang the microphone. Singular. Uh, Yeah. And yeah, like if you have a good point, if there's a question around that you want answered that we didn't address here, um, I I apologize that we are not more steeped in this issue because I think, um, as Dana was saying, it didn't get the attention it deserved. It's the sort of thing that kind of snuck up on us. um, And there are no easy
0: answers, even if we do a lot of reading. Yeah. Um, it's hard, like today, it was hard for me to fully come out against Rule 41 because I don't like botnets and you don't like botnets. No. Um, but we like privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. There is no um, simple answer to that.
1: It, it's hard to balance those things. Um, Devendra, any other last thoughts?
2: No, I'm good. I think it's it's definitely worth us paying attention to it. It also seems... I think funny how we're sort of like uh, just like filing the breadcrumbs of like what could lead to potentially big issues down the line with the Trump presidency, uh, just in terms of net neutrality and this thing. And who knows what else could happen? Like, it seems like we're you're seeing the recipes being or the ingredients being put together that could lead to all sorts of problems down the line. So that's why we're talking about it. Yeah, because it could be a big deal going
1: down. All right. Uh, when, mm-hmm. where can the uh, people send their hateful tweets? You uh, don't need any more hateful <laughs> tweets. I mean, <laughs> I,
2: I welcome them. That's fine. I had—I I don't know if you guys saw this, but I was in the Twitter war with uh, the creator of Minecraft, so that was fun. Oh, it's I missed like this. Three million followers. So that was.
0: The two was of you both prank. have a habit of picking Twitter fights just because you're bored. To be clear, or i angry. Know, it's <laughs> mostly because I'm angry, I'm it's not because I'm bored. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I I did. I I may have gotten into it with. Um, Florian Mueller. Oh Mueller. Yeah, I, yeah. Among others. Other guy, yeah. I I've also gotten into a Glenn Greenwald. <laughs> um,
0: you see, I don't fight unless you start with me on Twitter.
2: Well, there you
1: go. I have I have a serious issue with people who are public figures yeah. who have significant followings yeah. spreading obviously misleading or obviously false information. Mm-hmm. Um
2: and people don't like it when you point that out. Yeah. So,
1: um, so yeah, I'll I'll leave it at yeah. that. There's no need to resurrect <laughs> this stuff, but, yeah.
2: yeah. So um, I'm at Divindra on, <laughs> on Twitter.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Don't mess with him. Follow yeah. me
1: for more Twitter battles. Uh, Dana, where can the fine people find you?
0: Um, Dana Wallman, um, one word, no space. Um, please don't start a fight with me. <laughs> uh, I,
1: I am... <laughs> I am at Terence O'Brien. Lots of E's, no A's. Uh, you can start a fight with me. I will probably respond the first time and then just ignore you. Um, the meat
2: button is fantastic. So I actually
1: good. don't even do that. Do it. Um, it's just not worth it. I just eventually I go, okay, this is pointless. Um, <laughs> but seriously, we do want to continue this conversation. So s- if you can be civil and want to have like a legitimate discussion, hit us up on Twitter Uh, email us as i said podcast at engadget you can also just hit up the podcast it's at engadget podcast on twitter Um, so yeah so send us your comments your questions all of that stuff let's have a conversation because that's the only way uh forward um and before we go i don't um, we're not going to do a comment of the week this week um every episode recently (laughs) even this one, has been ending on kind of a downer. (laughs) So I wanted to share with you a story that's uh, a little bit more uplifting, a little bit uh, happier, about the power of the internet. Uh, So a friend of mine, who will remain nameless um, just because we didn't get a chance to clear it with everybody involved that they would uh, be okay with being mentioned on the air, Uh, he was the photographer at my wedding, super nice guy, awesome dude, Uh, posted on Facebook... I want to say, probably about 5 o'clock in the afternoon on Tuesday. Um, and this was, by the way, the first time I'd found out this information, that um, he was looking for his biological parents, saying that you know he, he was thankful for his adopted parents who were lovely, um, but that he had decided that it was time for him to find out where he really came from. Um, and he had very little information to go on. All he had was his birthday, the city he was born in, and a rough time of day. Huh. Mm-hmm. That okay. was... Literally, it. he was like roughly 8.45 p.m. on this date in Cold Spring. Mm -hmm. Didn't know the hospital, had no idea of any other information. He was just like, I'm looking for help to find my biological parents. Three and a half hours later, he was on the phone with his mom. Huh. And he's like making a connection there. He's already found so much stuff that they have in common that like.
0: Mm -hmm. Were they happy to hear from him?
1: Uh, she was re- repeat, uh, reportedly I don't know uh, if he's found his biological father necessarily mm-hmm. um, I only have confirmation that he, he spoke to his mother on the phone um, again this is this is like it's a personal thing I don't want to pry yeah, too much yeah. um, I wasn't going to be like you said your biological mom like what that's else that's pretty I just, cool but he, you do you know, have a
2: sense of like how it kind of led to that or
1: I, I don't really I'd have mm-hmm. to really dig through okay um, all of the comments but I mean it's just like it's there are good people out there. Yeah, the yeah. power of the internet is actually a good thing. It's one of these reminders that it's there to connect us, not uh-huh. just like pry us apart into little tribes that scream at each other. Um, so yeah, I just kind of wanted to share that. Like that's a happy story, good. an uplifting thing. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. So good on you, Facebook. Uh, awesome and congratulations to my friend who will remain nameless. Uh, we will be back next week, I believe. Right. Sure. Yes. We will be back next <laughs> In week. In
0: some combination of people. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um So until then, thank you for watching. And that's all I've got. <laughs>